Well, this is Love Month, amen? And uh, every time I minister on a message, I've been saying this every, almost every week, anytime you start trying to study something, you have an opportunity to operate in what you study, amen? And uh, so this is Love, Love Month, and I've, I've been having some grand opportunities to hold my tongue and walk in love. How about you? And, uh, you know, love does come easy or natural sometimes. And why? Because people get gets on our nerves, right? And, uh, I mean, it was, you know, you know, my pet peeve is, you know, it's all about driving, right? I mean, people love the traffic out here in Hampton Roads. And one of the things is I, I don't like the high beams. You, you, you heard me say that before at night. But another thing that bothers me, can I tell you something else that bothers me? Um, when, when you have a right turn on red, and it's a right turn only, and a person just sits there and he, does, and he doesn't make the right on red. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and, and it's clear. It's totally clear. And they wait till it turns green. That happened to me twice yesterday. Twice yesterday. And I'm like, what's wrong with these people? Don't they? You know, it's totally clear. And I think I'm being tested in my, my, my walk of patience. How many people are patient people out here? None. None of you. Nobody said amen on that. The one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to pray about patience. You know, ask God to give you more patience. Because you'll get behind drivers like that. That don't make the right on reds. Amen? And so we're talking about love. And, you know, the first week we talked about agape love. Um, and that's, and that's the God kind of love. And we focused on that, the agape kind of love and, and God is love and that, you know, God is a compassionate God and God revealed himself to Moses as the compassionate God. Amen. So, you know, God is compassionate. He's merciful. He reigns his goodness on the, on the good and the evil, the Bible says. And so, you know, even sinners are having good days. Amen. Amen. They are. They're having some good days. But see, I'm going to say this. For a sinner, their life is only about what happens here on earth. See, our life is more than just what happens on earth. Our life is, 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 is eternal and we have an eternal abode. Amen. And so our life is not so wrapped up. So when something goes wrong down here... We don't have to get so messed up about it. Amen. Because we know that there's, a, you know, that this isn't our, our home and our home is in heaven. Amen? Amen. So don't get so used to living here. Amen. But we got to walk in love and we need to walk in the agape love of God. And the Bible says it's the love of God that's been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm, now, now the first time that I ministered this for, first week, I talked about love entering into the fruit of the Spirit which is joy and peace and, and patience and all that. So, and when we walk in that kind of love, there's no law against us. Amen. Amen. In other words, and I'm going to have to get out of my seat. In other words, in Romans 8, there's a law of life in Christ Jesus, right? But there's also a law of sin and death. And I believe as Christians, we can walk in either one. Paul says, if you sow to the flesh, you will reap what? Corruption. 
So what do we want to do? We want to sow love. We want to sow to the Spirit. And what will we reap? Everlasting life. Amen. So, so you have the capacity to walk in agape love. And you, it's going to have to, you're going to have to train yourself in that. Uh, the second week we talked about eros love. And, and that's passionate love. And, and so we want to be passionate with our love towards God. We want to be passionate about our love towards other people. Amen. And that passion is really, it's developed by a relationship that we have with God. The more passionate you are with God, the more passionate you should be with other people. Amen. As in, the more you love God, the more you should love other people. And, and we need to have passion. And I talked about last week that passion is fueled by vision. And I'm telling you, once we, once we get in a relationship with God and God starts revealing to us things... And that he wants to do in our lives. That gives us vision. And that should get us excited. I remember listening to a story about Jesse DePlanis. He's a, he, of course, you've seen him on TV. And he flies all around the world in his own airplane. But he was driving his car. And he could barely, at that time, put gas in his car. And, uh, and as he was driving, he just felt led to look up and he saw an airplane flying. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, you're going to be flying your own airplane. Think about that. And so when you are walking with God and God and see, he didn't even have enough money to put gas in his car. But you know what? It doesn't matter if you don't have the money. It doesn't matter if you don't have the resources. It doesn't matter if you don't know too many, you know, uh, rich people. If you have a relationship with God, God will fellowship with you. He will reveal truth to you. And when he starts showing you some things, don't get nervous. Because I'm telling you, once he shows you some things, he's the one that can make it happen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Moses, you know, he, he had a speech impediment. He, he had issues. He was afraid to talk in front of people. And God gave him his brother Aaron to help him out. Not only that, God gave him a stick, you know, a staff that could turn into a snake, a king snake. And he gave him a staff that could split the, the, the sea in two, amen. And we have a Bible and we can do something with our Bible, Amen. Glory to God. So you're not alone this morning. God is with you. Glory to God. And so really, so, so arrow. so, and I'm going to say this, God is passionate about us. And you know, you know, I like that movie called The Passion. Anybody seen it? That's about Jesus. It was about his suffering on the cross. And uh, it, was, it was called The Passion. Why? Because Jesus is passionate about us. You know, I heard somebody, they, they had a visitation to heaven, and they went to heaven, and they always thought that Jesus was this nice, easy teacher, you know, that teaches really nice and, and laid back. But Jesus, the, the man saw Jesus, and he wasn't just teaching, he was preaching. He says, I'm going back, I'm going back to earth to get your mother, to get your father, to get your brothers. And I mean, he was passionate. We serve a passionate God. He's passionate about you. He's passionate about me. Can somebody get, give me an amen in here and get passionate? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if, you're, if you don't get on fire, your wood is wet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we got to get passionate and, and God is passionate about us and passion is fueled by vision. And God will reveal truth to us. Amen. 
And so we also talked about uh, another type of love, amen? And this is uh, the, the, the friendship type of love. And, 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 it, and, that's, and that's basically, I really believe the friendship type of love, amen, uh, is based on faithfulness. And, you know, it takes time to develop a relationship, glory to God. I, it takes time to, to get into a relationship. Anybody have any friends in here? Glory to God. And I'm telling you, it's good to have friends when things aren't going well, when the chips are down, they still hang with you. I'm going to say this, that Jesus will stick closer than a brother. Jesus will be there even in your good times and even in your bad times. Jesus is a friend. Amen. He's awesome. Glory to God. And so we talked about that, you know, phileo love. It's and it's the friendship type of love, glory to God. That's the type of love that, that David and Jonathan had. They, had. they had a close relationship with each other. And, and, and Jonathan, you know, actually protected David from his father. He knew that David had an anointing on his life and he was called to be king. But you know what? They, they kept close. And, and, and because of that friendship... David, they made a covenant with each other. And they had a covenant. And David was able to help his grandson out when he became king. Amen. Amen. Why? Because of that friendship and that covenant relationship. And I'm going to say to you today, God has a covenant relationship with us through the blood of Jesus. And God wants to be your friend this morning. God wants you talking to him and, and he, he wants to talk to you and I really believe God is always speaking, but are we listening? God wants to reveal truth to each one of us. He, 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 he sees, you know, he sees us greater than we see ourselves. He saw Moses greater than, he, than Moses could see himself at that time. And he said to Moses, you're going to be the one that set the Israelites free. You're going to, I'm going to use you and I'm going to work my power through you. And God wants to use some of you. Some of you may not think too highly of yourself. But I'm going to say this, God thinks highly of you. And God believes in you this morning. And you have to believe in yourself, glory to God. You have to believe with you and God all things are possible. To them that believes. Amen. And so we're talking about love this morning and this, this month. And I want to talk to you about another key to love. And this key is, is, is a key that everybody should walk in. And, and the key, this key I'm talking to you about is, is love is generous. Love gives. You know, the secret of, of living is giving. I read a book one time. It's called the secret of living is giving. And really, that is really, really the key. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. There, there's, something, there's something about when we give freely of ourselves that there's, there's a grace that God will download upon us. There's, there's a joy. When, when I go out witnessing I'm, and, I, and I pray for people and I... And, and I witness to people or I talk to people about the Lord. It may not just be a Saturday where I knock on doors. Anytime I get an opportunity, I like to talk about the Lord. Amen. I was in the store the other day and uh, we're, I was looking at some um, furniture. And I was in the store and I was talking to the young man. And, you know, he just seemed so nice. I said, are you a Christian? Have you ever been there? You know, I said, are you? A, we, we got onto the God talk. And he said, I am a Christian. I said, you are. 
And so we started talking back and forth about how good God is and how faithful he is. You know, look for opportunities to talk about God. Amen. And, and I was just talking to him about the Lord and how good he is and, and how he's bringing us into our own building, you know, 7,000 square foot building, you know, and uh, how, how he's blessing us this year and how we're going to get our own, uh, purchase our own building this year. And, you know, he, he was excited and, and I just talked to him about the word. And he said, what church do you go to? Have you, ever, have you ever gotten out of your shell and started talking to people about the goodness of God and they want to know what church you attend? Amen. That's what happened to the disciples. The disciples of Jesus, they walked with Jesus and, you know, they, they were learning about Jesus and, and they were unlearned fishermen. Some of them were unlearned fishermen. And, um, and, but they, they, you know, some of the Pharisees and Sadducees, they said these these guys, they, they talk like educated men. They, they, they talk like, and, and, and basically they talk like Jesus. And I'm telling you, the more you spend with Jesus, the more you spend in the word of God, you're going to start sounding like the Lord. You're going to start talking like the Lord. You're going to start acting like the Lord. Glory to God. And when we see him, we'll behold him and we'll be just like him. Do you believe that today, saints? So I'm talking to you about a generous uh, a generous heart. And, and I was praying about that yesterday as I was preparing for the message. And I said, Lord, what, what promotes a generous heart? What, how, you know, I know, you know, it's, I think it's, well, I think, you know, just human nature, it, it, it's natural to be stingy. It's natural to be self-centered. Am I in the right crowd today? It's natural to, to, to hold on to what you have. That, that's a natural tendency of the human flesh. But I'm not talking to natural people this morning. I'm talking to supernatural people. You're just not the natural man. You're just not a person trying to make it through this life with Jesus, you know, next to you. No, no, you're a supernatural person walking in supernatural love. Can I get an amen? And, you know, and, you know, and even though we do have that, that, that sense of selfishness and self-centeredness that will try to creep in, we got to push those things away. The Bible says, put on Christ. And we got to put on Christ. Put on love. We got to put it on. Sometimes you just got to put it on. Sometimes you got to act the faith. Sometimes, you know, you just got to act like you're a loving person and you'll become a loving person. Amen. And so a gracious heart promotes us to be, that's what the Lord revealed to me, a gracious heart or a heart of gratitude will promote you to be a generous person. So an attitude of gratitude promotes generosity. When you're thankful, you know, when people do things for me, I don't know, this is my attitude, I want to do something for them. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a vampire. What do I mean by that? I'm just not here just to take and take and take and take and see what else I can get. You know what I'm saying? There's people that will just, that's all they want to do is they want to take and take and take and dry you out. But see, I'm not, a, I, I, I don't want to just be, I want to be a receiver and not a taker. The Bible says freely receive and freely give. But we don't want to put, you know, we don't want to put pressure on people to give to us. Amen. Amen. Freely 
receive and freely give. Hallelujah. See, faith never puts pressure on people. Amen. Can I say that again? When you're walking in faith, you're not trying to put pressure on people Amen. to give. Now, now, unless the Lord reveals it to you and says, you know, move, you know do something or, you know, you know, do a plea. I remember listening to Kenneth Copeland and, and uh, he never wanted to ask for an offering. He said, God, you're the one. This is your ministry. And the Lord kind of corrected Brother Copeland and said, you need to ask for partners because they need to be blessed. So, so, he, so he would have a Friday where it's Friday giving day. And, uh, he, will get, and he would ask for people that want to give. But it wasn't just for his benefit. You know, giving is not just for the other person's benefit. Can I say that again? Us giving is not just for the other person's benefit. There's a, there's a benefit to us. Amen. There's an intrinsic benefit. Just when you give, it should make you feel good. Amen. Amen. If you give with the right heart motive, Amen. it should make you feel good. Amen. Like I said before, when I was, I, I bought a really expensive gift for my wife and I hadn't spent that much money in a long time on my wife and uh uh, you know, at first it got me a little nervous. I don't know if I want to spend that kind of money. But the more I thought about how good she has been to me, the more I thought about how good and she's, she cooks for me and, 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 she, and she's such a great help in the, in the ministry. You know, she's such a great help. And the more I thought about that, I said, no, she deserves more. See, when you start thinking about how good people are, husbands, are you in the house today? When you start thinking, <laughs> husbands, start thinking about how good your woman is to you. Just think about it. I, we worked all day and I said to my wife the other day, we came home and we worked hard all day. We, we were out working hard. She was hungry. She kept saying she was hungry. I was ignoring it. I, I had a feeling she wanted to go out to eat. And I didn't want to spend the money. And so I was, you know, you know, ladies, you have a way of making things known. <laughs> and you don't, you don't quite out say it. Hey, let's go out to eat. You just say, I'm hungry. You don't want to say it because you want the man to, to, to have the, at least the understanding that to take, your, take them out, you know. You don't want to have to break it down. Ladies don't want to break it down. And so my wife kept saying she was hungry. I said, well, we got some Twinkies at the house. You know, we haven't went shopping. And I said, well, I'm going to run to the, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to run to the store. I'm going to get me a steak and, you, and we, we'll get some steak. And, and, uh, and you know, it, it, it required her to cook. But I knew that she, she likes fried chicken. She liked Kentucky fried chicken. And as I was driving, thinking about getting my steak that she's going to cook for me. Of course, she's going to eat steak, too. But it's, you know, she was tired and she was hungry and I thought, does she really need a cook? So I just felt led to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I'm telling you, that put me in the sweet spot that day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? I, I'm telling you, my wife was looking at me like I was like, I don't know, Captain Kangaroo. I don't know, but without the falls dropping down, right? But no, I mean, I'm telling you, she was like, she, she gave me a kiss. She said, I really appreciate it. She didn't know I was going to bring the Kentucky Fried Chicken. Then she said, we need to do this at least once a month. I said, now I'm in trouble. 
Now I'm in trouble, man. My Lord Jesus. Because, you know, I, you know, Yen likes to spin. I like to hold on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody out there that like to hold on? But sometimes you can hold on too tight and lose it all. Can I say that again? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs that there's a person that holds on way too tight and ends up losing it. And then there's a person that is generous and gives and ends up getting blessed even more. The Bible says that. I, I want to go with the Bible. I don't want to be so tight-fisted, you know. But I want to learn to let go. And when you let go, I'm telling you the blessings can come in. So, so, so the Lord revealed to me that when we have a heart of gratitude, when we have a gracious heart, it should prompt us to want to give. Amen. Let's look at Luke 19, 1 through 10 this morning, because I think this is a great story about a grateful heart here. And uh, we're going we're gonna to read, read this account, Luke 19, 1 through 10. I know it's a, it's a little bit of reading this morning, but I think you guys will be able to endure it. Amen. If you haven't read your Bible this week, you'll get your Bible reading in this morning. Amen. And um, in Luke 19, 1 through 10, this is a story about Zacchaeus. And this man, you know, well, let's just read the story here. It says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but, got, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short in statue. So he was a short man. He couldn't see beyond the crowd. So he was like a Danny DeVito. Amen. And so he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, to see Jesus. For, he was, for Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. And you know, when I'm studying scripture, I, I want to know what made Jesus, you know, talk to Zacchaeus. You know, he was a tax collector. He was hated by most people. He probably cheated people from their taxes. And uh, but you know what? Jesus saw potential. He saw Zacchaeus. He was, you know, I'm sure there was other short people in the crowd. I, I sure that I'm sure Zacchaeus wasn't the only short guy there. But see, Zacchaeus made an effort. See, Zacchaeus said sometimes, you know, to see Jesus, sometimes to get God in your equation, you might need to make an effort. Amen. You might need to climb a tree. You might need to climb some steps. You might need to push through to get a revelation of Jesus. And so Zacchaeus wasn't just satisfied with, with, with the status quo. He wasn't satisfied with standing behind some tall people not seeing Jesus. He had a desire to see Jesus. So he, he did something. He, he thought outside the box. Sometimes we need to think outside the box to see Jesus. And so he, he, he thought outside the box. He saw the tree. He said, I'm going to get a look at Jesus. Think about Jesus, man. He was with his disciples. Crowds of people were around him. Jesus was the going thing. Amen. He was, if I, I don't, you know, he was, if I, if I may, I, it may not be a good now. He was the rock star of the day. Amen. People wanted to touch Jesus. Why? He was healing people. 
He was delivering people. He was setting people free. The Pharisees were so jealous of Jesus and his notoriety and what he was doing. I'm telling you, you get, you get in the presence of Jesus and he will change you. He will change a greedy person into a generous person. And we just need to get more of Jesus to become more generous in this day. And I'm going to submit to you this morning that if you're not that generous, it's because you don't have enough Jesus in you yet. You just need a little bit more of Jesus. What do I mean by that? What do you mean by that, Pastor? What do I mean? You just need a little bit more word, a little bit more understanding, a little bit more of, of knowledge of God and what God wants to do in your life. God wants you blessed, people. He wants you prospering. He wants you increasing. He's not El Cheapo. He's El Shaddai. Amen, the God of more than enough. So Zacchaeus, so Jesus said, Zacchaeus, uh, make haste, come down today. I must stay at your house. And this is what amazed Zacchaeus was that uh, Zacchaeus had to wonder, how did Jesus even knew his name in this big crowd? In this big crowd and everybody's trying to push and shove their way to touch Jesus, to get something from Jesus. You know, they were pushing and shoving and yelling and screaming probably. It was probably a loud place to be. And, and Zacchaeus went up and he knew Zacchaeus. Name. I'm going to say this to you. Jesus knows your name today. Amen. He knows your needs today. Yes, he knows what you're dealing with today. Amen. He knows your frustrations today. Hallelujah. And he's calling your name. And he wants to dine with you. you. The Bible says he comes and knocks on the door. And if we open the door, he will dine with us. Hallelujah. So, so this, is, this is exactly the illustration in Revelation about knocking on the door. And so Jesus said, hey, come down for today. I must, stay, I must stay at your house. Because Jesus saw something in Zacchaeus. He just didn't see somebody that was wealthy and that was... You know, pride, he didn't see the pridefulness in him. So, so he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they complained, saying he was, uh, they complained, saying he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. You know, I'm telling you, there's so many jealous people out there. Amen. I'm going to say this. There's lots of jealous people in the body of Christ. And you can't allow the jealous people to bring you down. Amen. And they didn't like the fact that Jesus was going to Zacchaeus' house. And, uh, and then Zacchaeus stood and said to, and this is after the Lord, you know, they had supper and they had communion with each other. And I'm sure Jesus was talking to them about the kingdom of God. He was, he was talking to them about how good God is. And, and then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, I, I'll give half my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will store full for fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Think about this, man. Think about Zacchaeus. And this man was a tax collector. And he probably did steal from some people because he said he would pay fourfold back. Think about it. that was more than what the law required. Think about this man Zacchaeus. He he was a man that 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 was a wealthy man, and and so normally, uh, 
you would think he probably held on to as well. But after meeting Jesus and having such gratitude that Jesus was talking to him about the kingdom. Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Virginia Beach SDA Church located at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10.30 a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.